I mean, I think part of the strife we're seeing in the world today is this lack of understanding the the other, right? It's this lack of coming to and going, hey, I think your ideas are worth listening to. I think your perspective is important, even if I don't agree with it. And so I think that, again, being able to go, you know what, you have something to offer this conversation. You have something to offer these days man, I want to sit and learn from you. Even if at the end of this journey, we don't see eye to eye, I think there's peace that the Lord can bring peace in those spaces where we're not allowing it because we're stopped at the fact that this person looks really different than me. They do life really different than me. Their background's really different than me. Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who through their own unique vocations are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, friends, we have a special guest here with us today. Um, we have with us Nikki Lawrence, and Missy and I are so excited to talk with her. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about Nikki, and we will jump into the conversation. So Nikki Lawrence is a connector by nature. Her warm personality leaves little room for anyone to be a stranger for too long. This trait has fueled her pastime and helped Nikki charm audiences as a mistress of ceremony at conferences fundraisers, and events all across the country. By day, she is a corporate executive for a Fortune 500 company with a global team and a multi-billion dollar portfolio. She has been with her company for 19 years and has held a plethora of leadership roles um, along those uh, two decades, almost two decades there. Among her passions is the desire to see women from every walk of life walk boldly into whatever God has called them to. And Nikki, I think that's why we're going to love you because that is all what we're about here. Awesome. When she can combine her love for hospitality and developing people with helping women on their leadership journey, she is in her happy place. So Nikki lives in Baltimore, Maryland, and in her free time, she loves daydreaming about home decor projects, road tripping with her friends, and playing with her niece and nephews. Nikki, welcome. We are so glad you are here. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Missy. So glad to be here. So good to see you. Um, I'm excited about our conversation. And Nikki, you and Missy actually go back. This is not a first time introduction for you two. Um, so, like, tell how do you guys know each other? This is so fun. It was such a fun treat uh, to see Missy as a co-host on here. Missy and her husband, Deuce, were so kind to me in my early 20s. We had a mutual friend in Texas, and I was moving to the East Coast. They lived on the East Coast, and she mentioned me to Missy and Deuce, and when I say they opened their home to me, I had so much delicious food from Missy's kitchen. I was able to be a part of their family at the time. It mm-hmm. ministered to my heart and my soul as a young 20-something oh. to just be adopted by their family. So the branches will always have a place in my heart. Oh. Miss, so good to see you. I love so, you. I miss you so much. Oh, my goodness. I was so excited to find out we were interviewing you. Courtney, Nikki really is in- incredible. And ladies, listeners, I this is going to be so much fun. This is going to be so much fun. Okay. So... What we do, we start. We try to start off each one of our interviews with what we call our rapid fire questions. So we want to start those, okay? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Fire away. <laughs> so the first one, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I kind of still want to be that. So uh, okay. that's an easy one for me. I was fascinated with Oprah in the sense of her ability to sit across some people and hear stories and share like life wisdoms. Like even now, if I'm in an elevator for more than four minutes with somebody, by the time the door opens, I know the names <laughs> of their grandkids and their last yeah, vacation yeah. spot. So I always wanted to be my own version of that talk show host that was in the community and talking to people. Yeah, that'd be my dream job. So fun. I love that. That is awesome. I know. So um, what was your first job? 
I delivered newspapers. I was like 12 years old and I was tired of having to ask my parents for money for candy at the corner store. (laughs) And I was trying to think of what I could do on my own that didn't require transportation. And so I had a newspaper route, ladies, I think at about 12, getting up before school, I think 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, launching papers at doors in the neighborhood. It didn't last long, but it taught me a lot about discipline in my early years. So I was a newspaper delivery girl. I'm, I'm positive, Courtney. That's the first one we got. The first job was a newspaper delivery. You were I mean, the first one. I'm just <laughs> impressed. I feel like that just set the stage for like how your Great. work ethic at 12. Yeah. Yeah. And look yeah. at you today. I think that's pretty amazing. It's funny to look back and think through how early kind of I felt entrepreneurial. It's funny. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Last question. What kind of work do you want to be doing when you're 80 years old? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think it's not going to be work when I'm 80 years old. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to be sitting behind the counter at the church when people come in and pointing them to the elevator yes. and asking <laughs> if I can get them a bottled water. I mean, at 80 years old, serving in the community, serving at my local church, you know, hopefully it. being hospitable, uh, even at that point in my life would be a dream. So that's what I hope I'm doing. That's I love great. It. Okay, so just give us, we just want to hear a brief overview kind of about where did you grow up? Where have you lived most of your adult life? How'd you come to faith in Christ? Yeah, it's uh, such a unique story, Courtney and Missy. I uh, grew up, no one knows, it's like a fun fact. I grew up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So it's kind of strange to fast forward a life where I'm in Baltimore, Maryland, but it also, to me, just impresses how God has just been writing me an incredible story over all these years. I grew up in Canada. My mom moved to Houston, Texas when we were, I was 17 and we were young for a better work opportunity. So I spent most of my adult life in Texas from 17 on and then started with my company right out of college. And with them, I've moved to the East Coast. I've lived in Baltimore twice, Connecticut. I lived in Dallas for a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a, a child of the East Coast, if you will, but I, I call mm-hmm. Texas home. My family's in Houston and um, have loved kind of my experience here. And I'm now a U.S. citizen, which is nice, but uh, Can- yes. Canada's, always in my, Canada's always in my heart and my, um, my thoughts. And I was a church kid growing up. You know, my mom (laughs) led the choir. She cooked the mac and cheese at the camp. You know, we were a family that was there Wednesdays, Saturdays, Sundays. Um, And so, you know, I was always exposed to the gospel and to faith. But I think upon reflection early on, I saw faith as directly interchangeable with um, activity, being Mm. at church, serving, wearing pantyhose, not wearing (laughs) red nail polish, you know, it was a very strict Pentecostal church. And so I confused um, that that's what God was asking of me. But I remember when I was in about the sixth grade, a traveling evangelist came to the church and just in a very simple way articulated the gospel. And it was not by works, but by grace and how much God loved me. And even in my young mind, having so much clarity that it was not about what I did because we were all sinners who have fallen short of the gospel of the glory of God, but that it was that Jesus just was calling me to him. And so I accepted him as my Lord and savior at about 12 years old, walked up to the front, like you uh, hear about in the stories and um, I've been walking with the Lord ever since. So super grateful to have met him young in life and continuing to grow and and journey as well in my faith. I love that. I love it because there's something sweet about being sure that even though I accepted the Lord when I was young, I'm sure that that was me accepting the Lord and not just, I've done this three or four times. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's journey. But it's just sweet to to be able to say, I, I know this was the day I accepted Jesus and I've been with him. Yeah. Okay. So we want to learn more about your work. So yeah. tell us the name. Tell us about your job. Like yeah. we know you work for Black and Decker. Uh, I know it goes by, yeah, there's all kinds of things. But tell us about your company. Tell us what you do and how you came to work there. And I know that when I met you 20 years ago, where you are now has grown dramatically. So we'd love to hear a little bit about that too. It has changed for sure. (laughs) Um, I work for Stanley Black and Decker. Stanley Black and Decker is 
probably about a $14 billion global company across 60 countries, over 50,000 employees. Um, wow. But it has a unique story in and of itself. It used to be Black & Decker, the company, and mm-hmm. Stanley, the company. So they came together to form yes. kind of this family company in 2010. I started with uh, Black & Decker back in 2003. And so I started in the stores scrubbing tools with Gooby gone, talking to (laughs) customers. It was not glamorous. I was like, is this what I went to college for? Learning about the brands. I remember driving a big old DeWalt truck around Dallas, Texas, and I'd even take it to church, which was funny. You know, it was a company car, but it was this big, obnoxious uh, yellow Silverado Chevrolet and go from work and then head to Bible study. And people would be like, who are you and what on earth? (laughs) It was funny, but um, yeah, started from the ground up, you know, just really mm-hmm. learning the company, learning the brands, and then moved my way through some uh, brand marketing roles. I moved to Baltimore the first time in about 2005, 2006. That's when I met Missy and her family and uh, worked out of the office here and um, worked on launch materials, things for the sales team. I mean, 19 years is a lot to squeeze into a couple minutes, yeah. but that led to roles in e-commerce and leadership. Um, back out in the field to lead sales teams. There's a there's an inflection point in my career that I will pause to share though, because I think it speaks to God's uh, power, working hand, and his specificity. After about 15 or 16 years with the company, I'd had good success. I was living in Dallas, Texas. I was very comfortable. You know, life was good. Great church community. Family was close. And I was taking care of setting up a store for um, the board to walk, the board of directors of the company. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll be in and out. I'll fix up the store. I'll go home. Everyone will be happy. I'll go on about my business. The CEO at the time was at the store walk. And at the very end of the walk, ladies, maybe 10 minutes left before they loaded on the bus, I happened to find myself beside him. And I said, can I answer any questions for you, Jim? And that led to a 10-minute conversation in the aisle of the store where he was asking about my career and what I'd done and what I'd learned. I'll spare you the details in between, but that led to a job offer to be the first ever chief of staff for the company um, at Stanley Black & Decker. So for the last two and a half years, I was in Connecticut at the right hand of the CEO in a role that had never, ever before been Given to anyone. And the Lord, just in a moment, uh, kicked down a door of opportunity for me in a way that I could not deny. I was, like I told you, I was very comfortable in Texas, had no intention of moving, but have had the greatest adventure at his right hand, moving company strategy forward, serving and working with the board of directors, being involved with the community. And what was never a job at Stanley Black & Decker now has over a dozen chief of staffs two and a half years later. So when I say that God has just done some amazing things in the marketplace for me, it's been mind-blowing. And that uh, sponsorship of the CEO led to my latest role, which is president of the Black & Decker business. So Black & Decker is a little bit over a billion dollars, global team, work on the product offering for the marketplace, the branding, have an engineering team, a design team all around the globe. Goodness gracious. And that's what we do today, uh, lead a team and try to move that business forward. So it's, it's great. They're super talented and it's a blast. Wow. That's amazing. It's yeah. so interesting because um, when a mutual friend of ours introduced you know, me to you and said, I think you, I think women in work would really benefit from hearing from Nikki. She was like, oh, you know, she kind of runs Black and Decker. And I was like, what? Like Black and Decker is such a common household name. And so it's just Mm -hmm. very cool. I feel like for us to get to know you and hear a little bit on the inside and to see you as a Christian woman, you are a believer that God has really raised up in this global company that everyone's heard of and has products in their home and garage. Mm -hmm. Um, And to know that he has a light right there in this global company, Mm -hmm. right in your beautiful face. So it's a privilege to be talking to you today about this. Same, Courtney, same. I'm honored. And just even when I wanted to run from where what God was doing, uh, you know, in this corporate America world, I was like, this isn't me. This isn't what I was thinking. To your point, 
his hand was so clearly on the opportunities and on the pathways and, you know, making mm. divine connections that I was like, you want me here, Lord. Okay. Now that I know that, let me run as hard as I can to your glory alone. That's amazing. I love it. Well, Nikki, you have talked a lot about networking and how important it is to build relationships. Um, how have you seen that lived out in your own career path? And like it, for the women listening today, um, I know for me, I came out of mom world, okay, and was not career driven very much at all. And to even hear the word networking felt very strange to me because there is a sense I think women think, oh, wait, it's just what can this person do for me? So how do you think about networking and um, how can women listening begin to be more intentional about that? Yeah, it's a great question, Courtney. And honestly, if done right, networking should feel like a part-time job. I mean, we should always be connecting with other leaders, with other women, with folks in industry. We need to be very intentional about relationships. I'll tell you in my own personal story, there were countless times over my 19 years where I did not pick up the phone to ask for a job. Rather, someone called me and asked me to take a job. And so that was a result of really strong relationships over the years, being somebody with integrity, leading well, delivering a result. Mm -hmm. And I would even offer up in this pandemic, post-pandemic period, we've got to get even more serious about it because we're spread out. Not everyone's yes. meeting in person. You know, it is easier to do by jumping on a Zoom or a phone call. But you've got to carve out time in your week or your month to be making those connections because one, you never know when you're going to need them, you know, and vice yes. versa when they might need you. But two, we've got to be lifelong learners as leaders, no matter what industry in or what role we're in. And we can learn from each other. I'm learning from you and Missy today as we talk. And I'm learning from others as I sit with them. And so relationships matter, but it takes Mm -hmm. effort and it takes work. And if done right, they might literally exhaust you, but it'll certainly pay great dividends on both sides. That's interesting because when you think of the idea of Christians living in community and how as like community is supposed to be mutually beneficial, but yet we all have to be intentional to invest. It's almost like that is the genesis of this, right? It seems like they're connected. Well, absolutely, Missy. So my question for you as a believer in the marketplace, so we think about networking and it sounds easy when you're talking about all of my friends are Christians and we all have these businesses, but as a believer, how do how do you view ministry in the marketplace when you think about networking and all those things and give us your vision for this and how you do this practically? Like what are your things you do to make this possible? Yeah, it's a really great question. And I struggled for a lot of my career at kind of the mid-level management standpoint. I was entrenched in my local church in Dallas, Texas. And so Sunday looked like praying with women, crying Mm -hmm. with families, you know, ministering as uh, part of um, the Connections ministry. And then by Monday morning, noon, I'm in Excel sheets and answering the phone. And I was trying to say, like, Lord, how do I reconcile these things? How do I advance your kingdom in the marketplace? Which, again, you clearly have me here for a reason. So the pivot for me was um, understanding that the marketplace is a mission field. So it looks very different. And sometimes we think it needs to be the four walls of a church. Sometimes we think it's in another country, which both those things are true. But when I woke up every day and asked the Lord to help me see the marketplace as an opportunity to share the gospel and be the fragrance Mm. of Christ and be a light in the hallways, then I realized that they weren't, they were one in the same. The context just looked a little different. So the way I try to lead that out to your question, Miss, is to lead with integrity, uh, you know, Mm. to be truthful and honest, to model that to the teams that I lead, to know that even corporate America is known to be cutthroat. You don't have to do that to be successful. I am Mm. so thankful that if I left this company tomorrow, I do believe no one could sit there and say that I had, you know, lied or cheated. And I find great um, pride in that because that is the way that I do represent the Lord in my work is that there's a high quality of character. I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but you would be surprised at the people that I've mentored along the way that say, I just appreciate 
that you've been hospitable when I came into this new mm. role. I appreciate your patience that you've demonstrated when you've walked me through this problem. I appreciate the way you listen and sit with me. No one at your level usually talks to us or spends time with us. And so trying to be really practical about how I do that day in and day out has been, you know, one of my personal charges, you know, and asking the Lord to continue to show me new ways to do the same. I think that's really beautiful. I mean, just what you were saying when, when they say to you, no one in your position even gives us really the time of day to talk to us. I mean, it reminds me of just Philippians 2, how Jesus, you know, mm. put aside the privilege of deity when he took on flesh and walked this earth and became a servant. And so I think it's such a beautiful, I just think of the word adorn. Um, You're really adorning the gospel and and really thinking it's just a picture of him right there in that office of just the humility. And so um, I think that's really beautiful. And I feel like you probably stand out just to have the, the, the Holy Spirit living in you. Have you guys ever, you know, you've been in situations where you meet someone you've never met before and you're just like, wow, that, that person was so nice. I bet they are a Christian. I just imagine that is how you come across shining as a light as uh, also in Philippians thinking about shining as stars, how we shine as stars in a dark world. And, um, I just think it's really beautiful. So that's so, so great. (laughs) I I hear you, Courtney. I love that. And I was reflecting on, you know, if we don't know how to be Christian leaders in the workplace, learn from Jesus. You know, he was the ultimate servant leader, washing the feet of the disciples. He was immersed, as you talk about, Missy asked the question about how do you do that in the marketplace? Jesus was sad and ate with tax collectors and sinners and the Pharisees even called him out on that. And so how do we live immersed with the people in our organization. So I love the connection that you made there. And I think that that's exactly what's happened to me along the way. If you think about a CEO pausing in a store where he has 49,999 other people to consider for this once in a lifetime first ever role, but that the Holy Spirit in me would connect to something in him, whether he knew it or not, and go, man, she's mm-hmm. special. She's different. I'm going to spend the next two and a half years investing in her, sponsoring her, putting her in a platform, advocating for her, bringing her into my inner circle. That is absolutely not me. You know, people were so kind when I got the job. Oh, you're, you know, you work so hard and you're very talented. And I'm like, no, 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 grace alone. (laughs) Grace alone, right? Because you can't conjure up enough charm um, to strike somebody like that. It is absolutely Jesus in us, the Holy Spirit in us. So totally agree with me. And it's also, I love what you're saying there because it's also so accessible it's not that, okay, the unique skills Nikki has got her in this position. The grace of right. God is accessible to every woman listening to this podcast. Absolutely. You just walk with God, live a life pleasing to him, and just watch him to unfold yeah. his plan before you. And the other thing I was and go ahead, Missy. Sorry. <laughs> I just, no, I just was thinking too, you know, often we think that it's really about the degree or the academic studies, yes. but really it sounds like the study that you've been invested in is in your word and mm-hmm. that that is really what is pouring out. And I think that that's a sweet thing to focus on. People know that you're a Christian by your character and your fruit. And it's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. So I was just thinking about character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your character yeah. is what puts you there. I was also thinking, sorry, this is a lot of thoughts coming just off this one little topic here. But when when he stopped you in the aisle of that store and decided, I'm going to invest in her, that was very generous of him. You know, that was really, in, in a way, you wouldn't think this is about him, right? And I feel like for us, when we do the same thing, when we say, you know what, I am going to intentionally love this person. Maybe it's just someone you see, this woman has a lot of potential. And you're like, even if it's just in the church, I mean, I think of um, young girls I see in the church and I think, wow, I'm going to like pray more for her. I'm going to have coffee with her. It it feels um, like it's not going to benefit me. I'm, I'm thinking about her, right? But I imagine this, this person, your, his investment in you, no doubt in return came back and blessed him and the entire company. Yeah. And I think that it's, it sounds like a paradox. And I feel like this is the way the kingdom of God operates, right? When you give, you actually receive. Um, and so just to encourage yeah. our own listeners, like be generous, like love women, because you don't know how, A, God is going to use them. But then 
my goodness, you might just be surprised how it blesses you in return. I love that, Courtney. And I would add, um, you know, we think, what do I have to offer? You know, I think that whether it's money or time, you know, we yes. wear a lot of hats as women. Yes. We're not just unilateral, but I think to your point, what can we be generous with? So maybe it's an expertise, maybe it's an experience, maybe it is the generosity of time, maybe it is wealth. There is something that God has provided us that we can share out in the world. And that actually is a provision so that we would share out in the world. And so considering what that could look like, every leader, every woman has the opportunity to do that. I completely agree with you. That's great. Well, you mentioned um, that this, um, I don't, was he the CEO? I can't remember what you said. This person. Yeah, he was the CEO. He has since transitioned, but he was the CEO for six years. Okay. You mentioned that he um, sponsored you. What do you mean by that? And talk about sponsorship and even mentorship. That's kind of going on with what we're, what we're talking about here. Oh, Courtney, that's an important one, um, sponsorship. And I think now more than ever for women and for leaders and for leaders of color, you're hearing this language more often. Mm-hmm. I see Missy nodding. You know, sponsorship in my mind, I've kind of chewed on what that means for me personally. And I think uh, sponsorship is leading out front of somebody, bringing them along mm-hmm. at a sacrifice to you because mm-hmm. you're doing that and you're putting your name on them. You're doing that. If we, I think about my experience with Jim as his chief of staff, I was on every flight with him and every meeting with him. I was in his home. Yes. There was a sacrifice he was making on having this presence now in his life. And oh, by the way, that came with pains for him. Hey, this is due. Hey, we need to follow up on that. You know, that was part of my job, but he did that and connected his name to me so that I would have the respect to do me in rooms, that I would have the space do me in rooms. And so sponsorship looks like bringing someone along as you lead out front to a sacrifice to yourself. Mentorship, I think, is intentionally sharing experiences, helping, you know, coach someone along kind of an area of need for them, spending time doing life with them. Mentorship, I think, is as critically important. But as you ascend as a leader, hopefully somebody is sponsoring you. But even more importantly, hopefully you turn around and sponsor someone else. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, you've you've um, also thought a lot about IQ and EQ. Can you tell us what those are and explain the differences uh, between the two and then tell us what you've learned about them throughout your career? Yeah, absolutely. So IQ is the intelligence piece, right? Can this person mm-hmm. solve a problem? Can they use information to get us where we need to go? Can we rely on them to close gaps? EQ is emotional intelligence. Hey, does this leader have empathy? Can they listen well? Can they bring others near? I'll tell you, ladies, 19 years in, I've worked for leaders who have a lot of IQ, but zero EQ. And I try Mm -hmm. not to do that where I have an opportunity. (laughs) And I've worked for leaders who have a lot of EQ, but maybe you don't have the capabilities. I think it's great to have balance, especially now in the 2020s with the world and the state that it's in. People are looking for leaders who will sit with them, who will be immersed, who will be empathetic to the fact that they're showing up to a meeting, but they may have just gotten really hard news. Families are ill, you know, job loss, health issues, et cetera. So if you just have a ton of intelligence and you're rushing in and you're just getting to the problem and you're brilliant, that's great. But that did nothing for the person on your team who is heartbroken. And so I think it's important for us to continue to grow in our capabilities, read, study, engage, network, all the things. But man, may we ask the Lord for grace to be empathetic and to listen well and the Holy Spirit for discernment where we're in rooms that someone may need a little extra attention or care in that moment. That's the way I think we can best serve our people in the marketplace and otherwise, a good balance of IQ and EQ. Mm-hmm. It makes sense That's because awesome. we are whole people, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. our our physical bodies, like who we are, we ourselves are not categorized. It's not like, okay, my brain up here is intellectual. My heart right here is, I mean, we are just a whole person. And so yeah, like right. you said, when you step in that meeting, you really cannot say, okay, I'm going to put this heartbreak I just endured. I'm going to leave that outside this door. Like you are just coming in as a whole person. And I think when we can really 
just care. Honestly, it's just caring for that, for that human in front of you. Um, and, and being aware, wow. Okay. She's maybe she can't meet this deadline because you know, this or this happened and actually giving that person, like you said, grace to go to, to deal with that or whatever. I think that's it's really huge. And it's honestly, it's not talked about a ton. Mm-hmm. And, and guess never, what? Oh, go ahead, miss. No, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, and guess what? Ladies, if we can get that right as leaders, you actually maximize the output of your people because they feel cared for. They feel like you see them as a whole person. They feel like if something goes awry, you would have their back. And so they run hard. They run through walls Mm -hmm. to get that work in. They run through walls to meet the deadline. And you don't do it because of that, but it's a beautiful result and offshoot and outcome of caring intentionally for your people. And as believers, we do. We love love the one another. We love those around us. And so um, just that we would be cognizant of that, even in high pressure environments as leaders in the marketplace and otherwise in ministry as well. That's so true. It's what you're saying is true. And I think even the flip side of that is you begin to invest, you see these people as people, and then they see you as a person. So you're not just a boss. You're not just a paycheck. So now I'm invested. My influence has done something for you and drawn you in. And so now we're in this circular relationship where it's mutually beneficial. And this is really not, we're not all here for the paycheck. And I think that there's something beautiful, but you have to be intentional to build that. Yeah. Well, and it really goes back to what we were talking about with just mentorship and the sponsorship. I mean, it's a relationship you have with mm-hmm. these people. They're not they just... They both end in ship, Courtney. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, right. It is a relationship of all kinds. Yeah. So you have been in leadership almost 20 years, Nikki. There is no doubt. I mean, all I cannot even comprehend the situations you have been in, the right. experiences you've been a part of, some probably endured by the skin of your teeth. If you could just pull out, you know, for our listeners, two or three just nuggets of wisdom regarding leadership as a Christian woman, specifically in a corporate environment, you know, um, what would you, what would you say to them? Yeah, I love this question. You know, a couple of things come to mind that, you know, we are the fragrance of Christ to someone somewhere. Don't run from that. So I know sometimes opportunities Mm. came up that I was like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not sure that's taking me out of my comfort zone, but recognizing that my calling is to be a light in the world. And it's not just about me and this kind of career success that somebody, the Lord could be using me to minister to somebody and to meet them where they are and point them to Jesus. Well, if that's the case, lean into that, whatever the opportunity is and go with joy, knowing that the Lord equips you for where he's called you into I think the second thing we talked about earlier, relationships matter. You know, it can feel pretty transactional sometimes. We're all moving in a fast-paced world. And so it could feel like, hey, I just want to get to the next thing. I need to tackle this. I'm wearing another hat. I have to be over here at three o'clock. But again, I just point back to almost 20 years. I've been in places I have no business being. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had elevation that I have no business being, having outside of the grace of God. And in the, the natural, it has been the Lord using strong relationships among people who don't even call him father, just going, like you said earlier, she's special. She's different. I like the way that she leads. I want her on my team. And so just being, again, whether they can serve you or not, whether they're like you or not, I would actually say if they're unlike you, lean in even more in terms of relationships. They matter. Um, They are mutually beneficial ways that you can learn from others and others can learn from you. So invest in your relationships, tying back to that networking piece. And then Mm -hmm. the last thing I've kind of shared in some different places that I've uh, shared is that there's true power in your yes, even if it's shaky. You know, I think about just this unusual career I've had that's taken me across the country, that's taken me to the C-suite, that's had me leading global teams. And people are like, you're so confident. Oh my goodness. I could never do that. I'm like, me either. (laughs) After, you know, consulting people in my life, praying about it, trusting the Lord, I gave a yes. It was a shaky yes. You know, I was going to say there was times I was like, okay, but I've never had a single uh, regret knowing that God has prepared a lot of these things beforehand that I should walk in them. And so give your yes, even if it's shaky, you can always go back to what you were in before, 
but just trusting that God can do some supernatural things with and extraordinary things with an ordinary person like you, I think have served me well as a leader. So hopefully that's helpful. Very. Nikki, the, the parable that's coming to mind, and I'm not reading it, I'm just saying it, but you know, <laughs> Jesus basically is like, you know what, when you go into the room, sit at the back end of that table and let them invite you to the front, right? Mm. You don't walk in and say, I belong at the front of the table, where's my spot? But you let them see you, you let the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit do its work, you let them recognize it and invite you to the front. And there's something beautiful about being invited. And that's what I'm hearing through your story, yes. that you were able to walk in, sit at the table and say, listen, I'm just being what God has called me to be. Yeah. And you've been invited up and it's just beautiful. Come on, miss. Come on. <laughs> and here's a compliment to that. The icing and what you're saying is the humility. Yeah. You know yes. what I'm saying? Like that we yes. saw the Jesus model. And then people say that, like, you're a president, but you, you know, you come in here and you're laughing and you're making jokes. Yes. And you feel comfortable. There is a humility, I think a God-given humility, you know, along the leadership journey that we should just appreciate because to your yes. point. Humility waits on the invitation and is ready for it. Pride mm-hmm. and arrogance barrels through and says, yes. you know, I do belong at the front of the table. And right. I think, again, back to how people respond to a Christian leader when they see that humility despite the station, they're like, I love you here. Come, let me clear yes. the table for you. Oh, by the way, what's your favorite food? You know, so yes. making <laughs> yes. space in a way that um, that is only... That can only be explained by, again, the grace of God. I love that. Well, and going well, back, I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> going back to your shaky, yes. I mean, it so resonates with us at Women in Work. I mean, our entire vision statement is to see women confidently step into their God-given yes. calling. Mm-hmm. And that step is really by faith. Um, and to do it with the confidence in Christ. I mean, we just don't have it in us. I mean, I, I'm thinking about your IQ and the skills. I mean, we may or may not have the skills just yet. We might be, you know, failing right. forward, as Ms. <laughs> Sheila West talked about in the previous episode. Yeah. But just to have that faith um, to step forward and say, you know, God, you obviously bringing this opportunity. I'm going to trust you and I'm going to go for it. And you're going to give me the confidence as I do it in your power. So I think that is just so on point with who we are here at Women in Work. Thank you I for sharing that. that. And his grace is sufficient, Courtney. You know, Amen. it is his power is made perfect in our weakness. So I don't have mm. all, like I, I don't have all the skill sets. There are things I still need to learn and understand. I'm sure you and Missy would say the same thing as we grow and evolve, but like that's when the Lord shows out. Like I didn't know she was good at that. I'm not. <laughs> but, you know, the Holy Spirit in me empowers me in that space. It's really so, encouraging. And I love well, your is- I love your mission. This is so good because there are a lot of women who I know, We, we I, I, I get to talk to a lot of women in the work that I do. Courtney, we, we all do, all three of us. And so we know that there's this common thread. It's this, if people were to look at your resume, Nikki, they would say, oh my goodness, she's got to be super confident in everything she can do. She has all these capabilities. How, how would she even give a shaky yes? Look at who she is. But there's this thing called imposter syndrome where often we've been invited to a room and the entire time, the only thing rolling in the back of our heads is how did I get in this room? Why am I in this room? Why am I in this room? So tell me what you think, um, how you've struggled with imposter syndrome, how you would define it, how you struggled with it, and then how you've overcome it. Yeah, man, imposter syndrome is real. And uh, <laughs> stepping in rooms, you know, as a woman in corporate America and in an industry yeah. that's, you know, male dominated, add on yes. to that the intersectionality of an African American woman in a majority yes. culture world. I'm sitting in rooms with people who have 10, 15, 20 more years of experience. It's so easy for the enemy to try to use that to quiet your voice. You don't have anything Mm -hmm. to offer this conversation. You don't even really belong here. You're just here because of a diversity initiative. I mean, you talk about the narratives that we experience in all different circles. But again, it goes back to the fact that like, if God is for me, who can be against me? I don't have what I, what I need in myself to be in this room. So he must have me here. And so if he has me here, he will not leave me here because he's kind in all his works and kind in all his ways. And so that is my boldness. That is my confidence of like, you might not think I belong here, but guess what? My heavenly father does. And in that, I can rest. And of course, there's wisdom and discernment, right? You 
navigate these spaces carefully. It's back to that humility piece. You ask a lot of questions, you know, you inquire, you partner, you collaborate, but you do so with confidence, knows that the one who calls you will certainly equip you for the season. And I've seen that over 20 years. And if we had another hour, I'd love to hear that of both of you, because I can imagine it's the same thing that I, you know, I was thinking this morning, I know too much about God to doubt him. Like no one can yes. tell me. It's like the old song Girl. our grandmothers used to That's sing. Exa- yes. You can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. him. <laughs> I know too much about him. So if you're yes. telling me that I'm not belonging here, I know for myself that he has wow. done incredible things in his faithfulness, yes. not my own. So you know, it's so funny because I've I've grown into that. My faith has matured into mm. that, you know. My journey with the Lord has strengthened to a place. And of course, there are days where I'm like, I I don't know, (laughs) you know, but for the most of the time, I lean back into the fact that God is with me and he goes before me. And uh, Romans 1136 has been a life verse for me in that way, because I just have respect. To him are all things. All things, yes. That like, so if I'm here, it has made it past the official gatekeeper, and I'm going to stand in this space in confidence. Love, uh, love, love that. Beautiful. We got to have you back for something, Nikki. I'm oh, just yes. like, I'm, I'm planning we like, will. how, how we got to get will. you back. <laughs> Please, this has been so much fun. And, you know, this is why I think this matters. You know, it's back to the women in work mission. There are women in so many areas of work that kind of are wondering how they live out Christian leadership. Why, you know, what they do while the Lord has them in a season. Is there anyone who can connect to their struggles and their questions? So I love what you two do Mm, and how you you help equip women and encourage them. I think it's so important. I think it's part of why God has me where I am at so that I can speak to experiences that hopefully help some women somewhere. For sure. Well, you mentioned being an African-American woman in this male-dominated corporate space. Talk about diversity in the workplace, especially coming from a Christian um, understanding. Why is it so important? And how do you, in your role, invite diversity in and really model it as a leader? Yeah, an organization in the 2020s will not exist without diversity. You know, diversity... um, breeds diverse opinions, varying views, difference of expertise. Even if you can't get your mind around the fact that God is a God of diversity and that he created us all different, that if you can't even reconcile that, know that diversity leads to innovation because people are thinking differently about how to do new things and innovation leads to revenue. And so, you know, if you're a business person and you're still trying to figure that out, let's put that on one side. You need people at the table who can challenge each other respectfully, who can bring their backgrounds and their stories. And then we know that life is richer with people that don't look like us and that we can learn from each other and hopefully love each other. And I think it's actually the source of calm and healing in a lot of spaces to be in environments where we can be stretched and um, link arms with people that think about things differently than we do. I think it's God's design. It's his beautiful design, but also it's beneficial. It's effective. It's productive in the workplace. Hmm. So you said something that I've never heard or thought, a source of calm and healing to be stretched. (laughs) And you know what I'm saying by diversity? And that's something that you're like, well, if the Lord did intend for the world to be diverse and it, it, the calm and healing would come only from our savior, right? Because like there is this, I would have never, they feel juxtaposed, right? But like they can go together. And that's, that's very interesting, Nikki. It's that that's something to chew on. Thanks, Miss. I think so. I mean, I think part of the strife we're seeing in the world today is this lack of understanding the the other, right? It's this right. lack mm-hmm. of coming to and going, hey, I think your ideas are worth listening to. I think your perspective is important, even if I don't agree with it. And so I think that, again, being able to go, you know what, you have something to offer this conversation. You have something to offer these days man, I want to sit and learn from you. Even if at the end of this journey, we don't see eye to eye, I think there's peace that the Lord can bring peace in those spaces where we're not allowing it because we're stopped at the fact that 
this person looks really different than me. They do life really different than me. Their background's really different than me. And so, you know, that's my prayer even in the workplace. How do I model that? How do I intentionally recruit on the teams that I'm building so that there are different perspectives, different ethnicities, different people in my teams? How do I mentor in a way that people, you know, can see, hey, she she went outside of what perhaps was, you know, predictable. Maybe we thought she'd do this, but she's going to pluck somebody from a completely different space and background to, to, to mentor or to sponsor. You know, I think going back yes. to my own story, Jim was intentional in selecting me. Thankfully, I had the resume to support his choice. I had a ton of experience and success at that point. But let's not be fooled that he didn't think twice. That It's important to me that I have an African-American and a woman and great that she's both in this role because I want to show this global organization that this is important to me. Diversity is important to me. And so how can I do that wherever I am? That's what I'm thinking about day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm about to switch gears. But this, like, I'm, I'm struggling to switch gears because this is so good. But I'm going to switch gears because... Switch them. When, when we were when we were hanging out together all those years ago, one of the things you gave me was a nail gun, black and decker <laughs> nail gun, right? And and I don't know if people know this about me, but the power tools in my house are mine. Like I am about my power tools, right? And I, this is not even a sponsored ad, right? But shout out to Black and Decker because my nail gun is still working today. Okay. <laughs> Over a decade later. That's right. Wonderful. So, so, but my question for you, what is your favorite Black & Decker um, product? Mm. What should we run out and go get? What oh, is the thing hilarious. that we need? I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> That is a great question. So, uh, you know, we are in a special place as a brand. We're known for the irons and the drills. We're over 100 uh-huh. years old. That's what people associate us with. But we're expanding into lifestyle. So lifestyle for us oh. in this pandemic world, exactly, Miss, is how are you hosting? How are you entertaining? How can we hmm. be a part of that in your home from a Black & Decker perspective? So right now, one of my favorite items is the kitchen wand. It's like a handheld mixer with multiple heads. It is like a uh, salt and pepper grinder. It opens things. I mean, it is so handy and it's a very sleek design. And for me, who is not, you know, a chef by any means, um, it's so useful and helpful. So it's all those things that we call it sparking joy. How can we help spark joy in your home? The kitchen wand does that. We're looking at things like pizza ovens and ice makers and all this innovation okay. that's going to help people host and sit at the table with people they love and create memories. So Black & Decker is evolving. And those are some of my, you know, wow. fun things I'm thinking about. So this is me. Like, I, that's the space I live in. Like, I want to build the table and then serve dinner, right? <laughs> so like, you can... I love that. You need to have me with an app or something. Yes, right? You totally do. That would be amazing. So awesome. That oh, is awesome. awesome. You are our target user. <laughs> okay, so well, the kitchen wand. All right. Yeah. We're going to have to link those products in the show notes of this episode. Right, so right, right. Can check those out. That sounds amazing. I will send them to you. They're available on Amazon for sure. I love right? it. Love it. Well, I also want to mention, I know we We've got to wrap up here in a second, but um, another commonality, actually the three of us have, we actually do a lot of serving with Lifeway Christian Resources. And so um, by the time this episode airs, what I'm about to say will have already passed, but I'm sure we will have a link to it. You're going to actually be an MC and an event coming up. Um, Just give us a little, tell us what you're going to be doing there. Yeah, thank you, Courtney. Um, you know, Lifeway is an amazing resource for women. As you stated, we're all connected to them. And I am honored that I've gotten the chance to help uh, host and co-host some of their Lifeway Women Live events. So we were in Texas last year. Um, I forget where we were at the top of this year. But at the in the next couple of weeks, August 26th and 27th, we'll be in Georgia and uh, it'll be great. There's some wonderful speakers there, breakouts. If you've ever been to a Lifeway women's event, then you know it's a lot of fun. I would point people to lifeway.com to see the event near you, because even if you can't make the one in Atlanta, there's series uh, through September and the end of the year. But um, it's fun to worship together and to grow together in the Lord. And uh, I'm thrilled to be a part of the family and be able to usher people in. Now, Nikki, did you realize that you are sitting on this podcast with the chairwoman of the, what, what is your position, Missy? Exact title. <laughs> oh my goodness, Courtney. <laughs> I'm the, the chairman of the board of Lifeway. I did is not it, know 
want? What? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're so that. proud of Missy. I because mean, Missy is never going to enter a room and say that. I will never <laughs> walk into a space. No, you know what? It's also great that we, me, you, and Courtney all get to um, host different events. I'm emceeing one that they're going to have on our campus. It really that. is fun to be connected with a organization that really does um, promote biblical education. For women, not just I'm 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 about women being theologians. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's what makes what both said. Lifeway and Southeastern two great spaces for me. So, all right, one last question as we close, we ask all of our guests this question. So, what is one piece of advice you would leave with women who really want to honor God through their vocational calling? One piece of advice, I would just say, seek the Lord daily. You know, don't uh, get familiar enough that you don't think you need uh, Jesus when we wake up to move through the day and to solve the problems and to be present and to be the leader that does have all the attributes we talked about. Seek him daily. Ask for wisdom. You know, ask for peace of mind. If all the things that come our way, ask for discernment that we might meet people where they're at in the days that we navigate. And, um, you know, I think it's even okay to ask for favor because as we elevate, you know, the name of God is elevated. And again, his glory is known at a wider scale. So um, even asking for favor, I think is appropriate in in the right season. So yeah, seek the Lord daily, trust him. Good advice. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. What an honor oh. it has been to chat with you, Nikki. This is just oh been, my goodness, um, yes. so encouraging. And we just so continue to really pray blessings on you and that God would give you favor and elevate you for his his own name. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you both yes, for having me. This friend. was so much fun. I'd rather uh, so spend your time with you fun. than go on to the rest of the day. But I appreciate what you do. I appreciate both of you ladies and your stories and the way that you're encouraging women in their faith and in their ministries and in the marketplace. And what an honor to spend the time with you that I have. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation there. Do you long to study the Bible more deeply and be better equipped to teach God's word? That's why Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary offers a variety of flexible degree options that empower you to do just that. Through its diverse selection of certificate programs, master's degrees, and advanced degrees, Southeastern desires to equip women to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Southeastern believes that God has commanded each of us to go and make disciples by teaching His Word and sharing the truth about Jesus Christ. Southeastern would be privileged to play a part in your growth in His Word and your training to fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. To find out more, explore degree options, or to schedule a visit, check out sebts.edu. And please take a minute to subscribe to our show and also give us a rating and review so more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time, friends.